Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Welcome into another brand new episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. It's Kelsey, joined by DJ. And DJ, we've already had three out of the four DS series confirmed in the MLB playoffs. We're just waiting on the Giants-Dodgers game with Game 5 coming up as this episode's released. And well, DJ, I, I hate to say it, but I think your World Series pick's shot. It's pretty much like my NFL Super Bowl picks of last year. The first two teams out were my two Super Bowl teams, and this year my World Series picks are both out before it even began. So, that's like I said, you shouldn't take my bets to heart. You should just kind of look at them and be like, maybe I shouldn't do that. It's kind of like our fantasy football pick them sometimes. It's just we, 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 other people, they can, they can reap all the benefits from our fantasy football pick Our teams, though, just never, never work out. I'm a team builder, just not for my own team. <laughs> there you go. Well, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of fun and happy go lucky things to talk about here to kick it, get us started. And unfortunately, unlike last week where we ended the episode on some, some very sad and, and heavy topics, uh, unfortunately, we're going to start out this week's episode with, Something that, honestly, we probably don't want to give much credence to, but we have to because we have to talk about it. This has to be this has to be said, and, and DJ, um, John Gruden. I mean, that's what I'm just going to start it out with. Like, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, does the word stupid come to mind? Because that's kind of the first thing that came to mind when we first started. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. Not as surprising as it should be either, unfortunately, too. When you picture the type of person who'd say those type of things, if you had to give me a list of NFL coaches who said it, you'd probably be towards the top of the list, unfortunately. It's... In case anyone hasn't seen it, a lot of homophobic, misogynistic, racist, all, all the ists you could think of on there were basically found in resurface emails, which, if I'm not mistaken, are related to a Washington football team investigation. So John Gruden catching the blunt end of a stick that does, wasn't supposed to involve him. Even Adam Schefter, with his not-so-journalistic, journalistic integrity, is now being brought into question as well, too, as the Broncos beat writer. And fun video of Al Davis calling him out for it in 2006 as well. If you haven't seen that on Twitter, Al Davis literally says, remember, you don't work for the Broncos. Literally about 15 years ago now. So Al Davis, well ahead of his time, both in football and in life too. Still, he was well way ahead of it, even in death, able to point you able to see the future. So for me, it's honestly terrible. I'm happy that the Raiders part is way was with them. They didn't take too much longer. I mean, especially once the second batch of emails came out. But it's it's really upsetting. I we were hoping we were starting to move past this, but we're still right in the middle of it, unfortunately. So well, yeah, we'll see. I there's just it's a lot of negative. I don't want to put too much onto it, but like you said too, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, and, and as you mentioned, this was a Redskins staffer. Uh, Allen is his last name. Was the uh, the guy who these these uh, emails were going back and forth with? Who by his by his own right was doing some. He's doing some very appalling things as well. But this also brings in this whole Dan Snyder situation. Speaking of Washington, that somehow these haven't come out to light. Why has we had Dan Snyder's situation happening for? almost what two years now i believe is how long this has been going on for his investigation and and we have yet to see any of his emails or any of that stuff coming out to light and then we've seen adam schefter's questionable integrity for a journalist uh but like i get maybe if it was a part of an article i get sending that to somebody for like verification purposes like if it's just quote to me fact checking yeah. yeah exactly but like the whole article unreleased Ah, that was that's not that's not a good look, Adam. 
especially when you have degrees from Northwestern and Michigan, like that's two highly pronounced journalism schools. Like, don't get me wrong. We all kind of don't look at Adam Schefter as a journalist these days. He's a talking head for the league. That's why he gets all the inside scoops. But like in that situation, that is a journalism piece when you were writing an article like that. And that was not a good look as well too. And it's, it takes a dent in as well to a field that is already struggling with, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Misinformation. Crisis control, honestly, is the way it's going right now in the world is misinformation, all that sort of thing. It's put consistently under fire. Not a very good look as well too. And a lot of people are going to catch the blowback for it, unfortunately. So way to go, Adam. Good job. Way to put those degrees to work just to get a quick yeah. scoop. And it's a shame because there's a lot of great sports journalists out there and, and this is going to make a, again, uh, we talk about this. So I feel like so much with ESPN, related people ESPN somehow again at the forefront of all of this with yet another journalistic incident. Um, whereas you have a lot of other news sources out here, like some high quality athletic reporting going on. And, and then you have guys like Adam Schefter. Well, okay. Um, turning over a whole ad, uh, you know, like I get you work with the NFL and, and the whole thing with the NFL is they're kind of like their own, police state in, in, in its own situation where like if you don't speak about them well you will have your your rights revoked to be able to cover them like they have no problem doing that to anybody but at the same time you can't give a whole article over to a a guy that's in the front office for one team you don't even work for the nfl technically you work for espn you're just in their nfl segment so that was not mm-hmm. good for adam schefter and 95 percent of sports shows are just are fantastic that five percent though they will get in room for everyone just like with cable news and the news department five percent are terrible and ruin it for a hundred hundreds of millions of others and destroy the industry so i unfortunately i don't think this is the last time we're gonna talk about it. it'll probably be mentioned on our fourth and fourth show coming up this weekend as well too before sunday night kickoff we'll probably talk more about it there but it's a really rough look and i really don't like it and I wonder who's going to be next at the same time too, because no one expected John Gruden and Adam Schefter to get hit hit upside the head with this. So who's next? I guess we'll have to wait and see. The one guy who does look good out of this though, I never thought it was his, Jeff Fisher as well too, where John Gruden tried to accuse him of them, the NFL forcing the draft Michael Sam. He puts out a well-written statement saying, no, not at all. This was our choice. We looked at his credentials where we had him in that round and it made sense. It didn't, he obviously Michael Sam wasn't the best prospect, didn't work out long-term, but everything else that surrounded that good on Jeff Fisher. Never thought I'd say that he actually came out looking good for this, considering his coaching tenure was all but that it was average is, is the best way to personify with his eight and eight perpetualness. So yeah. good on Jeff Fisher for somehow coming out of this looking pretty decent as of now. Yeah. And look, here's the thing with Michael Sam is he was a, he was the co sec defensive player of the year that year. So it wasn't like he was a scrub just from some scrub conference. He was an actual, like he was a legit prospect, a legit draftable prospect that if he didn't get drafted, it would probably have been more appalling than if, he got drafted where he did or, you know, and then with Gruden coming out and saying what he did, that was, I know it's during the lockout and your feelings are hurt, blah, 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 blah. There's no excuse for coming out and saying those things. Like that is. If that, that was, was the case, they wouldn't have let him slip to the seventh round, nearly the last pick in the draft, like two fifty six. they would have made him go in the first few, few rounds as well, too. If that was the case. I mean, the guy, his combine was Tom Brady esque. He was as a prospect. He, he was dropping. He was not very high on boards even before he can't before coming out as well too. So let's not act like he dropped from like a top three pick all the way down to 50. And then the NFL made a pick it like, but look at this John Gruden. Don't go that far. Like let's take oh, yeah, it his, easy. His, with that his senior year got him drafted. His other three seasons were questionable. That's why he was dropping off boards is because of the first three seasons. Not that great. Last and season, zero athletic fans, ability good. for a defensive end, an undersized one at that that can't play linebacker. Like there was more to why it dropped, and then John Gruden insinuating that's the reason got drafted puts a giant dent in everything as well. So good on Jeff Fisher and John Gruden. Just I hope he doesn't end up on TV soon. That's my biggest thing. Is I hope he doesn't somehow end up back on a TV gig or something like that. Just take your hundreds of millions to go hang off into the sunset and let the Raiders actually somehow look better on offense these next few weeks because their personnel groupings will make sense. Yeah, I have two takeaways from this. One, don't be a John Gruden. And number two, I can finally start Henry Ruggs in my fantasy football league. I can expect Hunter Renfro to get his just-do burn instead of just like, all right, go save us on third and seven again. So, Hunter Renfro, don't let me down. Yeah, exactly. So, But you know what? That that That's a tough way, tough way to lead it off. Obviously, lead off brought to you by Dr. Squatch. This is the way we're going to do it at the end because Dr. Squatch helps you get clean. And, you know, if you haven't checked out Dr. Squatch's new October soaps, uh, go do so. They have a, a brand new Halloween themed October soap. Uh, help get you the 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 stank of thinking about this John Gruden situation just washed off your mind. 
It's spooky season for Swatch, so get your soap today. You can find the link and you'll know exactly where to go. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner but that's going to take us into our favorite part the main event and today we're doing highs and lows but in a different kind of fashion because we got the nba season right around the corner and we like to do you know we like to do our predictions and i don't mean to brag but dj is three for three in his last three since we started this podcast of getting the nba champion right i've been failing miserably at football so i'm going to take this one granted it's probably going to end now that i said that and the equation i used to get there is usually not right the final results seem to work out somehow. So it brings us to our predictions. We're going to have a condensed one this time, not a full show. So, Kelsey, we're going to start with you. Let's. How do you see the Eastern Conference shaking out your playoff teams one through eight and then tell us your couple of play-in teams that don't make it? Yeah, so look, uh, you've talked about your equation to get there, and, and honestly, I've used some fancy equations and fancy deep dives the last couple seasons. I felt miserably. So this <laughs> season I said, forget it. We're just going to throw it in a hat and we're going to pull out names. And this is how we're going to do this. Oh, the March Madness version. Yeah. I mean, like I, 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 you know, I limited the number of names in the hat for each position to to what is considered. Right. But yeah, so there's some, some, some goofiness here, but there are some, you'd expect teams here. So going through the East, I'm going to start at the top and work my way down because the top is just seems to be the most considerable normal ones. Uh, The Bucks at number one, of course, reigning champions. Uh, the Nets at number two, and the only reason they're here is because I don't know what's happening with Kyrie. And even without Kyrie and James Harden and KD playing together, this team still was a force to be reckoned with and literally two inches away from being a <laughs> uh, finalist or NBA finalist. Literally, or, well, Eastern Conference finalist, sorry. It's safe and, to say if Kevin Durant had a slightly smaller shoe, they might be champions right now as it is. Yeah, so the Nets at number two, and I really just that, that Kyrie situation just bothers me. But I have a sneaky pick at number three, and that's the Hawks. That Trey Young-led Hawks team. Man, John Collins already looks like he is in regular season, mid-season form. He's, ready, he's already dunking on people like it's a dunk contest. So that's a terrifying thought. If he's already up there doing that, click Capella as well. I mean, look, Huerta is, a, is, is turning himself into a nice little piece to go along with that, the Trey Young, John Collins, Kun Capella aspect of this team. So I think the Hawks can do some do some damage here in the East in – well, it might actually be a little slightly competitive East, really. Very competitive at the top, especially. Now, number four, with the news that he is in Philadelphia and getting COVID tested, I have the Philadelphia Sixers, 76ers here at number four because either Ben Simmons is going to be playing all season, and that's a Defensive Player of the Year nominee, or you have Ben Simmons and Embiid for half of the season, then whoever you get all-star level replacement for – for uh, Ben Simmons at the at by the All Star break, along with Joel Embiid, the Aaron uh, Fox. <coughs> yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, let's not get the Aaron Fox, please. Mm-hmm. That's uh, number one. But so, mm-hmm. so give me the Sixers at number four. Now number five, I did I, again. I had them here last year. I'm gonna keep putting putting them here. I feel like it is the Miami Heat. They are gonna keep finishing in the top t- top five of the league, and they're gonna stay at five this year because Kyle Lowry just is Kyle Lowry. He's going to add that extra aspect you were missing with the point guard. But at the same time, I do keep expecting Bam Adebayo to be Bam Adebayo, not just a dude out there. I want Bam to be Bam Bam and not just a dude. You need him to Bam Bam more often than just – he needs to be Bam Bam, not Bam Bang, depending on exactly. what he's playing. So now moving into number six, the brand-new look Chicago Bulls. Okay. I mean, you talk about this team reloading. They reloaded, and it looks pretty competitive. I mean – I don't know, man. It's 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 tough looking at this Bulls team and not thinking they'll get in the playoffs. And they were already a, a consideration to get in the playoffs last year. Uh, down the stretch, obviously, things fell off. But now you have Kobe White pairing with the four quartet of players that are just uh, – look, Zach Levine in there. You got Lonzo. You also add in DeMar. You have Vucevic. Like, it's a pretty terrifying team to think about. Kobe White can still burn past anybody except for De'Aaron Fox. That's the only person in the league that's faster mm. than him. Now, number seven – Give me the New York Knicks at number seven, falling off with the addition of Kemba and everybody else coming in. But that's more down to the rest of this East being a little more competitive. And the Knicks will get better offensively this year. 
but they'll lose some of that defensive effort with having Ish Smith as their starting point guard. And at number eight, rounding out the top eight teams, the Boston Celtics. And this one comes down to they won't be fully healthy to start the season. And that's a big issue for me. Like, if you're fully healthy to start the season, then I I probably have the Celtics moving up a little bit further. But the Celtics here, number eight, seems very comfortable. But now, since it is the goofy play-in tournament, there are two more teams to consider. At number nine, led by brand-new pick Evan Mobley, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Believe land is back, kind of. Barely, barely squeaking (laughs) in at number nine much like the team at number 10 did last season, and that is the Charlotte Hornets. So that is how I have this East breaking down with the Hornets and Cavs being 9-10, and 10, playing in that play-in tournament along with the Celtics and Knicks for that 7 seed and 8 seed as well. So, okay. And you have the Celtics and the Knicks as the ones that get out of there, if I'm not, not mistaken, right? Those are the ones that make it is how you have it. Yeah, yep. Okay. So, cool. You, we, yeah, I'll have, the, I have the Knicks taking the 7 seed and the Celtics taking the 8. Perfect. Cool. I'll cruise through my, since we have a lot of similar teams, I have the Hawks at number one for a similar reason. I think they're going to build off what they did in that playoff run last year. Trey Young's going to be sensational. Extended money. John Collins looks even more dangerous than not extended money. John Collins, Clint Capella, Heritor, Deandre Hunter. They got a squad of three and D guys. They could plug and play as well too. Trey Young's going to take that next step. Like all these young guys are doing. I think the Hawks are going to keep rolling and they love playing for Nate McMillan. They love playing for him. And now you get him for a full season. Look out, everybody. They were a four, they were the fifth seed, if I'm not mistaken, fourth seed last year after switching coaches during the early part of it during a COVID season. Here come the Hawks. They take flight. Number two, Milwaukee Bucks, same reason. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the entire championship squad returning. Yeah. Number three, the Miami Heat are going to be healthy this year. The addition of Kyle Lowry, I think, is going to pay big dividends. Bringing in Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, guys coming off the bench. Bam Adebayo is going to be Bam. Jimmy's going to be Jimmy. Kyle Lowry is going to give you that option if there's injuries. Last year, injuries devastated this team early on, and they were basically climbing out the entire way. And Eric Spolstra will finally get some credit as the fantastic Hall of Fame head coach he really is, finding a way to win with so many different types of teams. The big three, the end of Dwayne Wade's tenure, this Jimmy Butler, Bam squad, winning with them again. Look for the Heat to take the third spot. I have the Brooklyn Nets at four, and this is because of the Kyrie thing. And do James Harden and Kevin Durant stay healthy as much? Last year, Kyrie was in the plate all the games. That's kind of kept them afloat with those injuries. We'll see. Obviously, James Harden and Kevin Durant probably the two best scorers in the game right now, arguably. So they'll be fine. I just, during those injuries and the stagnant times, I think that's going to pull them down to four a little bit. And Kevin's, he's not going to be playing the regular season much. I think he's going to be looking for the playoffs as well. Number five, the 76ers, because I still don't know how that Ben Simmons and thing is going to play out. But if they're the exact same team they were last year, they're still going to be very, very good. You still got Joel Embiid. Six, I got the Boston Celtics. I think Jason Tatum looks even better this year. I think Jalen Brown continues to improve a little bit as well. They don't really have a point guard that stands out to me that I really like without Kemba Walker. Al Horford coming back is a big deal. They'll still be good, but they'll still figure out with Brad Stevens, the front office guy now, not the coach. Seven, I got your new look Chicago Bulls as well for all the same reasons. Lonzo, Zach Levine's going to look good. I like DeMar DeRozan. I think they're probably about a year away from really contending, but I do think they squeak into that seventh seed. And at the eighth seed, I actually have the Believeland Cavaliers making it out of that playing tournament as the eighth seed because I think the backcourt of Sexland is going to take that next step. We're going to see Colin Sexton continue as 24 and five, maybe even go up to 27 and eight. I, I think Darius Garland's going to make that same jump that we saw last year from, from Colin Sexton. I like your boy Isaac Okoro from Auburn as well, too, the three and D specialist who I think is going to expand on his offensive game a bit. Evan Mobley is a perfect fit next to Jared Allen, who's going to get a full season now with the Cavs, not just coming in halfway through from a six-man to, well, you're kind of playing with Drummond, you're kind of not, we don't know what we're doing. If, it, if they have any sort of decent coaching, this team gets in the playoffs. It comes down to that for me. And you have Lloyd Markkinen coming off the bench, too. Exactly. Like, that's another perfect fit. You can go big, you can go big guys that can shoot, or you can go big and hammer down low. And that leaves the two Eastern Conference teams that have just missing out. The Knicks, just by a hair, I think, they just didn't get a whole lot better, I don't think. And I think Julius Randle, we saw the league kind of catch up to him a little bit in that playoffs and be able to, I don't want to say stifle him, but slow him down. So I think the Knicks take a step back before they take another step forward. And the surprise here is I think the Pistons get themselves into that play-in tournament. The worst team in the league last year, arguably. I love Kate Cunningham as a prospect and their second-round pick, Luca Garza, the guy who swept all the major awards in college basketball. You got him in the second round. So look for the Pistons just behind those two young guns to just fly and underrate overperform this year along with some solid surrounding pieces. So they won't, they'll probably, they won't have really a shot at playing. So I think they're going to get blown out by the bulls or the Cavs, whoever they play to get in. But I think they're going to have a really competitive regular season. So you're, you're taking 
what six trophies from last year's college basketball <laughs> award winners for two guys on the Pistons to make it a 10. And first of all, let me just say I love that because if you heard any of my pre-draft or my, my draft analysis, it was Luca Garza was the still of the draft and Kate Cannon Cunningham is absolutely fantastic. But literally every award that could possibly won offensively, it felt like was won by Luca Garza or Cade Cunningham. Absolutely. They were, they were absolutely sensational. I mean, I think Garza won the five, including the Naismith award. Like he swept, he's one of the few players to ever do it. I think because he's not your athletic specimen, that's why he wasn't drafted. I really don't know how he didn't make the first round, but Detroit managed to get a steal with him. Plus they do have some good surrounding pieces. Jeremy Grant, Josh Jackson, like they got some okay pieces around too. Jared Cunningham, Kelly Olenek, they'll, they'll be okay as well too. So I think they'll, they'll be able to make it competitive. And I'll just go through my Western conference real quick. So we, so I can get first dibs on the West now, since you got first dibs on the East. At the top, I'm going with the Phoenix Suns. Same reason as the Hawks. They build off of that insane run they had last year. They didn't lose anybody, really. You brought back Cameron Payne, Chris Paul. They roll through this year. Devin Booker, Devin Books, DeAndre, DeAndre Aytons. I think they just roll. I think they have a fantastic 55-plus type win season. Number two, Denver Nuggets. You have the reigning MVP. Aaron Gordon, another year at the team. Michael Porter Jr., he, was, he came on strong last year. I see him taking that next step. And you're going to get Jamal Murray back at the end. And that's, we, we forget how explosive he can be. He did struggle last year before the injury, but he can revert to before that. That's a dangerous team. Number three, the new look, brand new Lakers, the all 2010 NBA team that is the Lakers with Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron, Anthony Davis. Like they're going to be fine. Rajon Rondo, they're good. It's going to be weird, especially early on. That's why they're going to be at three. I think it's going to be a struggle fest at certain points in the season because they can't shoot. Nobody on there is a shooter. So they're going to have to figure this out as they go. Frank Vogel, I think, asserts himself as a potential coach of the year candidate, somehow making this work. I don't know how it's going to work, but it will. Number four, I have the Clippers. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, that's all you really need to say. I mean, Terrence Mann, the emergence of him, they still got a pretty deep squad, even though it's not quite as – I think it's going to take a step back. Number five, last year's number one seed, the Utah Jazz. Same reason. you got Mike Conley. you got Rudy Gobert. They brought in JaVel McGee, if I'm not mistaken, as well. The, 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 yeah, they'll be fine. That's a dynamic backward. If they can stay healthy, they – they just live and die by the three ball a little bit too much. They got to find a way to expand into the paint besides just Donovan Mitchell drive and Rudy Gobert to catch an alley. They got to find more than just banging up threes. Jordan Clarkson, six man aficionado. They'll be a playoff team. Six, I have the Dallas Mavericks exclusively because of Luka Doncic. I really don't like a whole lot on the rest of the team that much. I mean, Tim Hardaway's all right. I mean, Kristaps Porzingis, like they have some players, I guess, but they don't have enough around Luke. And I don't know what's going on with Kristaps. Is he going to look like Kristaps the unicorn again, or is he getting traded? I, that team, I just have some worries and some concerns. But Luca is that good. He will get you there because he will Luca his way there like he did last year. Seven, the return of the Bay. Golden State finds their way back in there because we finally get Clay Thompson again for the first time. There's been a global pandemic since the last time we saw Clay Thompson on the field. Steph Curry was as well. Two early lottery style picks. Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins getting the shot. They'll I think that's going to be a really good team that's just getting healthy and getting cohesion, but I think they're going to be a playoff team as well. And then at A, I got the Blazers because they, they always find a way in there. They always seem to be on the outside looking in, but Dame Lillard will not be denied a playoff berth and CJ McCollum as well. They will find a way in, even though they will miss a lot of the guys they lost, like Zach Collins and Carmelo. The playing opponents who just missed the cut, the Pelicans led by Zion and Brandon Ingram. I think they're just losing Lonzo, losing Steven Adams. They lost too much and didn't get enough back. And then surprise... I think the Kings are going to be in this play in tournament as well, too, with De'Aaron Fox, with Buddy Heald, with a steal of last year's draft, arguably Tyrese Halliburton getting some more burn. Davion Mitchell as well, the guard they drafted this year, the defensive ace. They're deep in that backcourt, and they just need the they just need to get the front court figured out as well, too, with guys like Marvin Bagley. They they should have went and got Steven Adams, honestly. He would have been a great fit for this team. So I have the Kings just missing out on the play in tournament as well. All right, all right. I like it. I like it. Uh you know, very similar type teams we have here. Here, uh, there's only so many teams to pick from when half the league makes the playoffs. I mean, like they're going to be similar. Absolutely, but I do have it a different order. So my West, number one team in the West, I actually have that high flying three point shooting Jazz team led by Quinn Snyder. That team is just made to win regular season games at this point in time. The three ball doesn't lie. The three, the three ball travels if you can make it, and with Mike Conley running the show, uh, they can make it pretty well. Uh, as that's that one's going to be more down to like health and Rudy Gobert. Can he continue We're to be the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> like if he can, if he can just show up and not do what he did in the playoffs against the Clippers against Zizek, that, that was that was Zubac. despicable. So, but uh, number one team Jazz, number two that new look Lakers. And while you're exactly right, there's nobody that can shoot the ball on that team. 
you know what they do have? They have a Russell Westbrook and a LeBron James and an Anthony Davis who can just straight go at the basket and jump over absolutely everybody. Nobody wants to get in the way of either one of those three going to the basket. And I just want to say, probably one of the best pickups, and I know it's he's old, I know all this stuff, but Carmelo Anthony with this team, talk about a shooter, Melo. Melo. I, w- I will say I'm looking forward to LeBron throwing alley-oops to Russell Westbrook in transition. It'll be like him and Dwayne Wade just in a reverse form, if you will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be fun to watch that one for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what Russ can do with this team. And this, this might be his easiest triple double averaging season because of all the assists he'll, he'll be able to get with no problem. And should rebounds 10, as well. It should be like 15 points, 15 assists and maybe 11 rebounds just because Anthony Davis, well, Dwight Howard will take some of them. He'll be, Le- he'll be re- rebounding where LeBron's supposed to rebound. So I'm not too worried about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll see if Anthony Davis and the big guys allow it. Yeah. Number, number three, the Phoenix Suns. This one's nothing against the Suns. I just, the Lakers with their rehaul and with the jazz at the way they're built, I just think the Suns are, more of a team that needs to get on a run toward the play toward the playoffs. I think they're going to slag that slack behind a little bit after that postseason birth, after their first ever uh, NBA finals appearance. I think they're just going to fall behind just a little bit at the beginning of the season. And they're going to have to chase and catch back up, but I think it won't be an issue with this team. As you said, nobody, nobody really leaving that's in, that, that, that needed to be on this team and campaign will step up as well and continue to, to be this nice little spark plug they have off the bench. The big thing for me is Chris Paul. Can he stay healthy? And if he can, well, that that opens the door for a lot of this this team to succeed. And if he does need to take some time off, you mentioned campaign. He showed he could fill that role just fine. So that's underrated resigning for them. Yep. And now number four, Denver Nuggets. This one is again. This is like they're stagnant. They didn't really do anything to get better. The best thing that's happening is they're getting Jamal Murray back this season. And but the big question again: Will it be Jamal Murray, pandemic Jamal Murray, or Jamal Murray? post-pandemic Jamal Murray. Like, which one are we getting down? Are we getting post-lockdown Jamal Murray, who's distracted by everything, or non-distracted Jamal Murray, who is lighting it up? I want bubble Jamal Murray that dropped 50 with zero turnovers. That's the one I want to see again. Yeah, like, he is so explosive. Obviously, I'm, I'm not even counting the the reigning MVP in Jokic right now because he speaks for himself. He can do it all. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., I think, will step up this season as well, have himself a decent season, um, which I called for last year, but he didn't give me everything he needed to last year. But I do think it'll happen again this year. Um, now, number five, we're at the Dallas Mavericks. And again, while you said it was number six for the Mavericks because of Luka, they are number five for me because of Luka. <laughs> <laughs> like, Copy that is fixed. just it. Yeah, that's it. Luka is going to carry this team. Um, and look, I actually look for uh, Boban to have himself a nice little season here because he is literally 7,000 feet tall and can just – hold the ball up and nobody's going to touch it. The only people that can get up there are guys on the Eastern side of the conference, like, and Jokic. Well, and even Jokic struggles to, to reach up that high. Hmm. So look, there's the, he has an absolute advantage every time he touches the ball. And then Tim Hardaway Jr. is still is turning himself into a nice, nice number two option next to Luca. My biggest thing is, can Luca not turn the ball over 20 times a game? Not really 20, but 10 times a game, less than 10 Feels times like 20. a game, we'll, we'll, we'll succeed. Um, now, number six, I do have the return of the Bay as well. The Warriors, they are sliding into that sixth seed uh, with Clay Thompson coming back. We've talked about how much I'm a big fan of Clay Thompson before. And like, if you can score 60 points without taking more than five dribbles in a game, you do something pretty well. And, and that's catch and shoot. Uh, he is just the epitome of a catch and shoot player. But he's also, I mean, his defense, if he can come back 80% of what he was pre-injury, that this team will immediately shoot up the rankings. On top of that, you have Otto Porter Jr. You still have Kayvon Looney. James Wiseman stepping into his own. Andrew Wiggins, as you mentioned. Jordan Poole. Uh, they actually still have Iguodala on the roster, which I honestly didn't even know. Jonathan Kaminga, who's their, their rookie. They did sign Nemanja Bielitsa. And that seems like not much to some most people. But he is a sniper from the three-point line from that power forward, small forward role. So that is something that could help out as well. He lets them make it rain even more than they already do. It's not just Splash Brothers. Now it's the rain squad at this point. Exactly. So that's that's my number six seed. Now, number seven, you talked about them, the Blazers. You can't deny Dame anything. <laughs> Dame will do what he wants to do to get this team in the playoffs if you have to. And he will drag it by tooth and nail and get them there. Um, so I'm not worried about them making the playoffs. It's just a matter of whether they're going to get any higher than than this. But I don't see it getting any higher than seven. Um, now, number eight, give me that Memphis Grizzlies team. John Morant, wow, he has been absolutely fantastic. What he did last year to get them into the playoffs, 
I think happens this year. I think they solidify themselves as an eight seed. Like this is an eight seed going into the play-in, and then they win, they lose to the the Blazers in that seven seed matchup, and then win in the eight seed matchup without an issue. Now the nine, number nine, I have the Kings. They do lose to the Grizzlies here to get that that eight seed, but they do beat the number ten seeded Pelicans to get to that point. Now, if you notice, there's a team I just left out. I, I, if it's a team I think it is here, I'm I, I, hold on now. I think you got some explaining to do. The LA Clippers. Don't I don't think Kawhi stays with the Clippers all season long. He just resigned in the offseason, though. So you're he thinking did. they trade, they think you're thinking it's a sign and trade sort of thing. I think by the trade deadline, this team is going to be floundering and he's going to be shipped off somewhere. He will be the only reason this team wins more than 20 games. And they will so, ship him off before he can win them the 21st game. So no love for Paul George and Terrence Mann, huh? They're great in playoffs and coming off the bench when you don't have tape on you. Well, now you have <laughs> tape on you. I just there's something about this Clippers team. I'm just waiting for that, waiting for the other shoe to fall. They it felt like a Cinderella story a lot of last season in the playoffs. And this this I don't I just something doesn't feel right with this Clippers team. And I really had to pick one team to leave off, and that was the hardest part. It's like which team do I leave out here? I was already leaving the Spurs off. Like, who is the next team I'm leaving off? Is it gonna be the Pelicans, who is the NBA's darling? Or is it gonna be the Kings who literally are just a coach away from making it? Or is it gonna be the Clippers who has two old guys who play the exact same on the wing and you have the ghost of Paul George and then Terrence Mann. Wow. Okay. So we found, we found the fire take this lead to be freezing cold or on absolute fire coming back to this. Definitely. So since we're here, we're going to just bounce right back to you. Western conference. Who do you have as your final four? And then in the conference finals for So final four for the Western conference, uh, I have Suns versus Lakers as the, or sorry, uh, sorry, my bad. Suns hmm. versus nuggets and Lakers versus jazz as the last two matchups in that Western Conference, with the finals being the Suns versus Lakers. Okay, cool. All right. And how about your East? In the East, I have the Nets versus the Hawks and the Bucks versus the Heat, with this ending in the Bucks and Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, I'm just going to jump off that because I have the exact same Final Four in the East to a T, the Hawks versus the Nets and the Bucks versus the Heat, right down to a T. But mine plays out with the Heat and the Nets playing in the Conference Finals. Then for the West, I have the Lakers versus the Nuggets and the Suns versus the Clippers. And it results in the conference championship that we've all wanted for the last multiple years, the battle for LA, the Lakers, and the Clippers in the West as well. So we have two different outlooks on the Clippers so far right now by the looks of it. So that will have the Heat versus the Nets for me and the Lakers versus the Clippers. So Kelsey, who do you have going to the finals? So from the East, I have the Nets beating the Bucks this time getting revenge for the two inches too far KD shoelace. And then in the West, I have the Lakers, that new look Lakers team. I think LeBron wills this team in the finals along with AD and Russ gets his, gets an opportunity to win the finals. And they head to the finals versus this Nets team. And yeah, I'll stop there. Okay, so you're going to leave us on the cliffhanger. KD versus Russ. And if only Kyrie was playing, we'd have LeBron versus Kyrie, what everybody wants in. I will, before I get into that, I say if Kyrie is playing, this is different. But I think because he's missing... The Heat have a deep roster, and the Heat are going to pull the upset on the Nets, even though they're higher rated than the Nets on here. The Heat are going to get out of the East. They're going to take out the Nets in a very close, very tight series, similar to the Bucks and the Nets was last year, where it might come down to a few. It might come down to a toe. We'll wait and see. But I don't. I think that's going to be a very tight series. But the Heat roster, they did a really good job loading up in the offseason. I think they're going to be healthy this year. So look for the Heat to get out of it. And in the other on the West, Lakers versus Clippers. We're on two different wavelengths with the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to come back looking great. I think they found a way to get Paul George involved last year in the playoffs. I think we're not going to see playoff P. We're going to see actual or way off George. We're not, I think those are going to be gone. I think Kawhi is going to get healthy at the back end of the year. Coming off that knee injury, I think it's going to be slow to start, which is why I have them as the four seed, but the back end. They're going to catch heat, and I think they're going to find a way. The, some of those players they have, Terrence Mann, the guys they found last year and discovered, they're going to find a way to make it work. I think Rajon Rondo just – it, the chemistry is great with the Lakers when he's there, but with the Clippers, it kind of just made things a little bit, I don't want to say tenacious. It just didn't fit, though. It's, he's just one of those players. If he fits, he's great. If it doesn't fit, it kind of makes everybody worse. It's like he's that he's that type of player. So that's going to give us the Clips first, the Heat in the finals. And uh, I'm going to let you go first. Who's going to win yours and who's going to get your MVP for the finals? Yeah, so while you have, what, Clips versus Heat, I have Nets versus Lakers, which I think we're all dreaming about right now. And I, I, I'm ideally hoping... I that Kyrie's in this game because of the exact thing you said. I do want it to be KD versus Russ 
And I do want to see Kyrie versus LeBron. I want to see the jawing back and forth because you already know this is going to be a lot of fun. Plus, you get Harden in this as well. Like, there's a whole lot of fun involved in this. Uh, and it's going to lead to a very fun series of the Nets winning in six. Okay, so you think the Nets take the lick KD over LeBron again in the finals, basically asserting his dominance. Give me, oh, the, give me the James Harden aspect. There's a, to me, I look at this and I'm like, the greater third piece here is Harden. Like, if, if Kyrie's playing in this game, then you have Kyrie and KD matching up against LeBron and AD, and then Russ and Harden matches off as the third best piece on each team. And to me, I, I look at Harden as the third best piece between those three. Let's say Kyrie's not playing. How do you think it goes? If Kyrie's not playing, I still think it's the the Nets, but I think this goes to seven. Okay, so and you I think, think the biggest take take some heroics from those two. Yeah, I think I think the biggest difference here is going to be that bench, and and mainly I'm going to look at Nicholas Claxton. I think he's going to step into his own here in this season, and I do think he's going to help out a lot for what this team wants to do. And I will say, if Kyrie, if something changes between when we record this and when the season gets going, and Kyrie is playing. I have the same results as you because I think if the Nets get to the finals, the Lakers will find a way. I think that will somehow give LeBron and them that extra juice they need and Russell Westbrook. They will find a way to survive the Clippers. Like it, it, you don't want to say like they will play harder because of that, but there is a they certain level harder. you can achieve when that you can't achieve without it. Like there's an edge you can't mimic. Like that's what they would get. So I would have the same thing as you, but I would think the Lakers win. But since that's not the case, I have the Heat and the Clippers. And I'm going to just go through some of these Heat players here really quick. I think the Heat are going to take it in a tight contested seven-game series because Eric Spolster is going to outcoach Tyron Lue. Oh, and when we look, question. Like, that's literally the, the, the easiest take I've ever heard in my life. Oh, Eric no, Spolster. that was less easy, but I started easy. We're going to work our way down to some underrated parts of this Heat roster because we already talked about Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler. Obviously, the, those, are, those are the big three. You have Tyler Heroes, your sixth man, who I think is going to continue to get a little bit better. You still have Duncan Robinson, the certified sniper that he is. You have Markeith Morris, an underrated guy that might start a power forward for them as well. So we know what might the Morris also start a fight at some point in time in this. <laughs> and you might just need that against this Clippers team because if you punch them in the face, we we'll see. We'll, well, we'll let's see. not forget they have Marcus Morris on the. On and the... if you take both of those out, then that cancels out and that hurts the Clippers a whole lot more. And of course, the underrated guy that I think is going to I don't P, there's PJ Tucker as well too. I almost forgot about PJ Tucker. You could a guy you could this certified small forward slash power forward just go get five fouls and make their life miserable. We saw him do it to Giannis last year. He does does it to everybody. The underrated guy, though, that I, we haven't talked about due to injury recently, but he's expected to be healthy in the next month or so, which means I think he'll pick up steam at the end, Victor Oladipo. And I think when you have him in the starting lineup with Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler with Bam Adebayo, defensively, they match up with just with anybody. Offensively, Victor Oladipo is an all-star, a former first-team all-defense player. He is an absolute stud, and I think he will be the difference in this in this game. And, of course, there is also Marcus Garrett, the, the rookie that got out of Kansas. Like They have a really deep squad. Then the kid out of Mississippi State, DJ Stewart Jr., the guard as well, too. Like, they got a, they got a whole lot of players look at. Gabe Vincent, it's a really, really deep roster, and I think the Heat take it in seven, a hard-fought series. Jimmy Butler will be MVP because we saw Jimmy Butler in the finals. That is a different man. Even when he has to carry the team on his back, this time he won't have to carry them. He'll just have to make the play. So Jimmy Butler gets his finals. Eric Spolstra gets his respect finally. And the Heat make your last year's prediction come true just a year late. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm just like the spited ex at this point in time. Like, hmm. I, I picked the Heat so many times to do well, and they've just let me down time and time again. So I'm just like, this time I'm like, no, I'm not picking the Heat other, other than the, to get to the final floor of the of the of the Eastern Conference, and then that's as far as they're going to make it. And I think but, that we're kind of in that transition from the previous era with all those guys like the LeBrons, the Stephs, the Kevins, and the new era of young players starting to come in. I think the Heat are going to win that transition, kind of like what the Pistons did when we left the Magic Bird and went into the Jordan 90s. I think this is where the Heat are going to capitalize on it before the new era fully takes over as well, if that makes sense. I know Giannis got it last year, but and he's going to be more of the next era, but I think this is kind of that switch in the heater and to capitalize on it. So that's now, before, before you get down, before you get to your, your awards, I do have to ask you this because you do have the heat winning Duncan Robinson, obviously one of the best catch and shooters in the game. Do you think he adds more into his game or do you think he just continues this catch and shoot aspect of things? I think he's mostly still a catch and shooter. And I think he's going to come off the bench, especially when Oladipo gets healthy, because I think Oladipo is going to be put in that starting role and they're going to stagger minutes with him, Jimmy and Kyle Lowry, kind of like what the Nets would do with Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant. So Duncan Ramos will still get really good minutes. He'll just maybe playing with Kyle Lowry and be a catch and shoot guy or playing with Jim. He'll still mostly be a catch and shoot guy. Maybe he'll add a mid range, but he is what he is where they're not going to change him too much. I don't think so. Mike Miller reincarnated. Pretty much, yeah, just without a broken back. We're able to run around the screens a little bit more. There you go. So that'll take us into the awards. And 
Kelsey, I'm going to go with you. Go and go down your list of awards. We're looking at MVP, defense play of the year, six man, rookie of the year, most improved and coach of the year. I'll have you go first. Just go down your list. All right. So MVP, obviously I have the Nets winning. So that <laughs> might mean I have a favorite player off that Nets team to win MVP. That's exactly right. I have Kevin Durant. Uh, right now, I, I he think he is safe MVP to say Did he might be MVP? the best overall player pound for pound in, in the world. Okay, and does he give your finals MVP too? I might have missed that one. Did, did you miss? Oh yeah, yeah, he got my. Oh, so Kevin Durant just takes everything this year. Is what yeah, you're saying. look, this is KD's <laughs> year. This I feel like this is this is his offensive year. I should say. Uh, now, defensive player of the year, uh, I'm uh, surprised, surprised going with a uh, a guy that is a freak of nature, um, the Greek freak himself, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He is my defensive player of the year. Now, my sixth man of the year, I mentioned him with the Lakers, Carmelo Anthony. This dude Ooh. is just going to light it up on the scoreboard because he is the only real shooter on this team that's going to see meaningful minutes, I feel like, time and time again. So that's going to be an interesting one. Now, Rookie of the Year, I have Jalen Green for the Rockets. And obviously, there's obviously Kate Cunningham. I probably could have gone Luka Garza. I could have gone Sharif Cooper for uh, for Atlanta because he'll get some minutes as well. Um, he'll, he'll probably play backfield tan- or, uh, backcourt tandem with Trey Young at times and be setting up Trey Young on some really easy deep threes. But... You know what? I, I just there's easy fruit, easy hanging fruit. You guys know me by this point in time. I took the Chiefs and Bucks multiple times now, uh, and and you know what? I was right then. So I'm gonna take Jalen Green this season, hoping that uh, that the low hanging fruit is gonna pay off again. Now my most improved player, I'm sticking with the Rockets, and I'm going with Kevin Porter Jr., a guy who stepped up in the last few down the stretch here for the Rockets, made them actually a tough out really for a lot of teams who are trying to make themselves a playoff contender last year. And is the big reason the Lakers had to end up playing in the play-in tournament. So that was uh, that's an aspect of this as well to take into, into account. Now, Coach of the Year. We talked about the Jazz and how they're built to win regular season games. And unfortunately, Coach of the Year is a regular season award and not a playoff award. As much as I'd love to give it to Spolstra, I can't give it to him. I got to give it to the guy who is going to absolutely blow the doors off the West, and that's the Jazz, and that's Quinn Snyder. Look, he has built this team to win regular season games. He has built himself to win Coach of the Year many, many years in a row. As long as Donovan Mitchell stays there and this team continues to, to dominate defensively like with Rudy Gobert, I, it's it's hard to not look at this team and be like, he's an odds-on favorite every year. You can't argue with that one. I, everything he says, right? You said not Eric Spolstra. I'm going to discard Coach of the Year for me. It is going to be Eric Spolstra. I think he's going to get it because the Heat are going to turn around. And I think the big topic is going to be, why wasn't it Nate McMillan? It should have been Nate McMillan because of what the Hawks are going to do. So I think... Everyone's going to roast Eric Spolster yet again on, for no reason whatsoever because he seems to be the scapegoat for everything. And that's how I think he's going to prove it in the playoffs. So he's going to be like, oh, so you doubted me. Y'all must have forgot. And that's where he's going to come in. So I think he's going to get coach of the year, even though everyone's going to complain about it afterwards. MVP, going back to the Hawks, I think Trey Young's going to take it. I think he's going to have a 30-12 and 12 type of season. He, They found something down the stretch of those playoffs with Trey Young dominating the ball, not hucking up threes at a ridiculous pace getting into the paint, being that Tony Parker 2022 version that I talked about during our color cast run, getting in the paint, shooting those floaters, shooting those mid-range shots, attacking the basket, and then hitting the threes when they're open. Like I think Trey Young's going to take that step and be absolutely sensational. Defense player of the year, Bam Adebayo. He was in the running last year. I think he takes that next step. And on top of that, voter fatigue for Rudy Gobert is going to kick in at, at some point. And I think I think Bam Adebayo is going to have a sensational defensive year. I think he's going to expand his defensive repertoire to playing almost off ball. If he gets switched onto a small four that can move the ball, he'll learn how to, he'll be able to guard them and expand in that regard. I feel like he's stealing my pick from last year. I changing it a little bit too. I'm building you off pick the heat. Too. And then you pick bam as the defensive player of the year. Like, ah, and you know what? Maybe you were a little year earlier. Maybe you just waited too long. I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe I'm just full of it and getting too big in my britches. Maybe the three P got to my head. We'll wait and see six man of the year. Jordan Clarkson yet again, he had, he got 40 off the bench in a game last year. He's like, He's kind of like what Lou Williams was for a few years or Jamal Crawford. Like it's right now. I feel like it's his to lose again. Same reason you said everything with the jazz Cade Cunningham rookie of the year, but his teammate Luca Garza is going to be in the top four as far as votes as we go too. So virtually is going to be a Pistons award more or less. I think Cade Cunningham's going to get it because he's going to be outstanding. Most improved Deandre Ayton. He's going to be a 25 and 12 when the Suns are rolling him and Devin Booker are going to be an insane one, two punch. And as I mentioned, Eric Spolstra coach of the year as well. And if we have enough time, we'll go and look at some of our first team stuff. We'll just do first team for now, too. We'll skip the rest of them because I think first team's going to have some surprise on us. So, Kelsey, give me your all-NBA first team. So, by all-NBA first team, I mentioned him when I talked about the Lakers here. Uh, it is Russell Westbrook. I think he's, again, wow. going to average a triple-double, but it's going to be the easiest triple-double of his career season. 
And I think he's going to do so emphatically. I think he's just going to be dominating point guard after point guard after point guard. He might struggle with CP3, but in a West that is dominated by point guards, he's going to be a guy that gets to play off ball as a point guard with LeBron. So here's actually, this is a team where there are two legitimate point guards. One doesn't always need the ball and that's Russ. And, and, you know, that's something that's an aspect of his game that's really improved. And I think we see that comeback of the mid-range Russ jumper where he just, just sprints straight into it and just jumps straight over everybody and lets it go where he was hitting it at almost a 60% clip. I mean, that jumper was absolutely amazing and I haven't seen it in a year and it took it, down the stretch. He was injured. So you didn't really get to see it either with the wizards. The question is, do you think he shoots free throws at above a 60% clip? Do you think he can get at least, at least into that 70 ish percent him and LeBron both? Oh yeah. I mean, look, you're going to be taking 55% of the load in this entire offense for the Lakers. It's going to be LeBron at 80% of the load. Anthony Davis at 10. Russ is going to be next with five. And then it's going to be sprinkled over 1% each for everybody else. Um, I think that's just, it's going to be very interesting to watch, but I think Russ is going to be the beneficiary of all of that. Leading to that first team NBA uh, final or NBA team. Now, number two in the guards, and that's because he's listed as a point guard, is Luka Doncic. And I, again, I say he's going to get the Mavs in the in the playoffs comfortably. I think he's going to solidify them at that five seed. And he, that's going to result in him being a first team, uh, all first team player. And I think that's just, it's very easy, simple. Um, also, I had him finishing second in the MVP race to KD. So that's also a big reason why. Okay, I see it. Now, my forwards, I have Giannis. So, like, that's straightforward defensive player no, of the sorry. year. Yeah, I don't need to really go into details. Uh, number the second forward, KD MVP. Tough said <laughs> he has to be there. Now the probably the surprise maybe of this one, not not just Russ. It's going to be Joel Embiid as that forward center role. Uh, look, like we it. had Jokic doing it. We kind of talked about they could alternate back and forth. In this case, I have Embiid just having a much better season because he's going to have to. We don't know what the what the Ben Simmons situation is going to be for the whole season, and and if he's not there the whole season, then. Joel Embiid's going to have to be the guy that picks it up. And what we saw in the playoffs from him last year was fantastic. Absolutely. I, I like it. It's very fun. So I'm going to go through mine really quickly. Point guard, Trey Young, because I have him winning MVP. He's going to be sensational. He's going to get first team to surprise a lot of people. For the other guard, I have Devin Booker, who I think is going to be in the top couple for leading the league in scoring, very much a la Bradley Beal last year, but on a winning team. Look for him to get like 27 and five with a pretty decent shooting split. I think he shoots a lot less threes this year, which is why he does it. No, the forward, I have LeBron James. I think he's going to come back a lot more healthy, throwing alley-oops to Russ, throwing alley-oops to Anthony Davis. LeBron's LeBron. Giannis is my other forward because Giannis. And then his center, I went with Nikola Jokic because I think he's going to – I think he's just going to play more games than Embiid, and he's going to get it in that regard too. I think Embiid, there's still a question how many games he could play. Second team, I had Kevin Durant, James Harden, all those guys. It was really hard to pick a first team. And I think right now is where we start to see the mix of the new and the old right now before the new takes over. And doesn't mean the rest of these guys aren't sensational. I just think – Trey Young and Devin Booker in the regular season, they're going to build off of what they did in that playoff run last year, which is insane, and carry it through a full offseason, a full regular into the regular season. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I had LeBron and AD and Jokic on the second team along with Steph and, and Harden. And then on my third team, it's like you mentioned the young guns. I have John Morant, you know, Booker. I have Zion. I had Kawhi on the on that third team as well, along with Bam Adebayo as the, as the, the that last position there. So okay. it's like you see the mix starting to flow them flow in there. And it's just like, yeah, it's just a matter of time really before they take that next step. Honestly, any one of those guys, I feel like I was comfortable putting into the second team. I just, there was just some guys I feel like needed to be there first. Sam, I looked at Lucas, James, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid as my second team. Any of them can make first team, third team, Steph, Dame, Jason Tatum, Zion Williamson, Bam Adebayo. Any of them can go second. Some could even go first. Steph and Dame are perennial first teamers. Like there was like 15 guys to put on the top five. It was an absolute pain. Yeah, and I had to leave. I had to leave Dame off my list because of John Morant. It's, because it's, it's impossible. It too many. Honestly, there's too many too many good guards. I, I like. I really ran into too many good guards. This might have to be this. This award might have to be three guards and two forwards in the future. Exactly. I mean, I had to leave off Russ too. We both left off Bradley Beal. Like my goodness, this is absolutely insane. Like there's no way to. Do this. And there's still trades. I don't that are know what happen. to expect from Washington this year. This this year's Wizards team. I'm just not sure of. They maybe if Bradley Beal's even there, maybe he goes to another team and he lights it up. I don't know. There are so many question marks. So that's the fun part about this. But that'll do it for our main event. So that's going to take us into clutch time or crunch time, if you will, brought to you by Colorcast. And Colorcast is a fitting one to sponsor us. Wouldn't you say, Kelsey? I think this is uh, this is pretty fitting because if you guys uh, don't know what's about to happen this weekend, no, don't worry. We have a special guest here to tell you all about it. Hey, guys, this is G Stryker, host of the Steeler Nation podcast. Join myself and the High Low Sports crew as we give away a signed Troy Polamalu jersey live from the Steeler Nation tailgate this Sunday on ColorCast. Don't miss out to get a piece of Polamalu. Catch us on the tailgate ColorCast. 
and we'll be rooting along with you always at the game. Go Steelers! And that was Striker from Steeler Nation. As you guys can tell, we are up to something special, giving away this signed Troy Polamalu jersey live from Heinz Field at the tailgate before the game this Sunday. We are so excited. And joining us, by the way, not mentioned in there, is Zach Kyleman. Obviously, if you guys don't know who Zach is, where have you been? He is part of the Unhinged Radio family, Belly Up family with us, as well as the 4th and 4 program. He is our host there. And he also is the host of Gridiron Gallery. If you guys haven't checked out Gridiron Gallery, go do so. But shout out to Stryker there from Stiller Nation. If you guys haven't checked out his podcast, I will be making an appearance on it this Friday. So that is going to be cool as well. Um, cannot wait for that. But guys, this has been absolutely so much fun. We appreciate you guys tuning in. DJ, any final words? For those of you that tune in for the football-specific stuff, I know we didn't do a lot of football today. Jump on 4th and 4 this weekend, 10 a.m. Eastern time for all your football needs. we got plenty to talk about, plenty of things, our predictions. that Some of our predictions were right last year. Some were last week. Some were wrong. Some of our hot takes were actually right. Kelsey and I actually both had some really good ones with Baker and Justin Herbert putting on a show. We were dead on with that. So go and tune in for that for all your football fix. And TSS Fantasy. We were a guest on his show where he played Champ or Chump as well, too. Go and check that out. We, there's still plenty of football content out there for you gridiron nuts out there we didn't leave you guys hanging yeah no dj won uh, dj won the champs and chumps not to spoil that one uh, i got the dumbass of the week award so. well deserved yeah well, look hey man i well earned be honest it was a very competitive event between the two of us if you had not missed the first first argument maybe maybe i would have been been a little bit more in trouble but uh we came down to the wire that uh, there at the end but that was absolutely fantastic and and yeah guys as always check us out there if you guys don't check us out on fourth and four at 10 a.m eastern time on colorcast you'll also be streaming live on twitter and the unhinged radio facebook account don't worry we'll be live again at 3 p.m eastern time on 4 p.m eastern time at the latest on colorcast on the stillers tailgate we'll tweet that link out when we go live and you can jump in there and ask us all the questions you want as well because yeah, we'll yeah. have dj myself Zach as well, all on the call. We'll be t- we'll be interviewing random Steelers fans and everything else while we're there before we give away this Troy Polamalu jersey with Steeler Nation and Striker there from Steeler Nation Podcast. So we cannot wait for that, guys. Yeah, appreciate you, as always, for tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.